0: You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chapel and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to another Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chapel and Joe Hopkins, I'm Dave Griffiths. Appreciate all you Colts fans tuning in. It is draft month. It is April. Yes, sir. And the Colts also will get started in the very near future working out at team headquarters because they have a new head coach. They're allowed to work Monday. out. Monday, a little bit earlier than everyone else. Next week, Shane Steichen and the crew in-house at West 56th Street. So plenty going on in horseshoe world. And we'll begin, of course, with a no-update update update about Lamar Jackson. The uh, same old, same old right now. Nothing new, nothing moving forward, at least publicly, chap, that's going on with this quarterback. That means that he has... His views and other teams have their views, and there have not been any major breakthroughs with any team right now across the NFL as to acquiring a former NFL MVP.
1: And if you're, let's, let's just say the Colts, since we're in Indy, you want to do this, if you're going to do it, you do it after the draft. 100%. You're not going to give up the fourth pick overall. Nope. So, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. And, and again, from the owners' meetings, it's very clear that, that there's an interest. But from the vibes that i got is that the price is too steep i think they're okay to some level on the draft picks the 200 and some million guaranteed to me is almost a non-starter
0: that's what it seemed like Ursay said. We discussed this in depth the other week, so we don't need to go into it too much further right now. So I'll just pivot us somewhere else, talking about quarterbacks still, saying the Colts and the quarterbacks that are in this draft. And the Colts plan to work out all these top four individually, uh, per a couple of reports that have uh, emerged over the past week.
1: They they did work out the two guys yesterday. Okay. On the West Coast, I'm uh, able to confirm that. Stroud and Young, mm-hmm. because they, they work out together and, uh, Somewhere in California, I saw the city and it's Huntington Beach, I think it was. So you got a chance to do that. You, you work out two guys, you probably have zero chance of getting. You do, you do your work because you just, can you imagine not doing your work on those guys and then Frank Reich takes Anthony Richardson? Mm-hmm. So you have to do your work.
0: Right. If you've ever watched the movie Draft Day, you know somebody could fall. You never know. You got to keep uh, Vontae Mack, no matter what. Due diligence. That's right. Do your due diligence. You never know what's going to happen there. Also, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and uh, if you if you could work out Hendon Hooker, you probably would do that too. That's another name that's just been interesting. We were talking about it. it, it it's funny. We were talking about quarterbacks here uh, before we we popped on the microphones and turned on the show. And Joe's like, "Hey, easy, fellas. We, we should actually we should start the uh, we should start the podcast here before before we start talking about quarterbacks." And right, you are. But it's just it, it's funny, Joe, because. It's it's something that's that's very pervasive in our thinking right now. Like, we come together, and immediately that's the first thing that comes to our mind because that's the first thing that's come to our mind really for the past year or two uh, for looking for a long-term quarterback and just more so under the microscope, obviously, this offseason.
2: Yeah, and it seems to be something different with every new report that comes out. Mm-hmm. This team likes this. Oh, the, the there's – what was it this week that the Titans – could trade up to number three, but, you know, of course they could. I'm, I'm not sure if they will. Um, so there's a lot going on right now with the quarterbacks. when um, we were talking about what if Chris Ballard doesn't like any of the quarterbacks that are left at four? At four. At four.
1: If he doesn't like them with the value at four.
2: And then in, in the pressure that, you know, having a quarterback still be available – that publicly at least is deemed worthy of a top-four pick, whether it's Levis or Richardson. And the or, public always knows what it's doing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. As opposed to last year if they had the fourth pick and they could have just passed because of the weaker quarterback class. I don't think anyone thought, you know, obviously can you pick it? not a top talent? Where do know, you to, go, 20? I think around there. Pittsburgh? Late yeah. teens or yeah. early 20s to Pittsburgh. Um, so the pressure is definitely on the Colts to take a quarterback, but Ballard's been very... Um, emphatic in the past say he's not going to take one just to take one but at the same time you you can't get cold cold feet either and until you find the guy you got to keep taking swings on players that you think have potential and
0: then if you don't take him and somebody else takes him if seattle takes him at five and then god forbid geno smith gets hurt and he steps in and that that quarterback leads them to, to the playoffs then it's it's just Burn down everything, uh, Colts fans here in Indianapolis, and uh, you. you <coughs> excuse me, there, there. It's just so intriguing how this this month is going to play out, how this year is going to play out, um, and and uh, obviously the uh, the month, the draft is the first one that's right in front of us. Uh, the
1: the only thing that matters is how they they view and and evaluate these quarterbacks, and like Joe said, it's he's not going to take a guy that they don't have a conviction on; they just won't. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's almost worse to, to, to not. It, it's almost worse to take the wrong guy than to not take one. You know, ask the Jets twice. Uh, you know, the, the the New England Patriots with with their guy. You just don't know. It. And I would argue with Arizona with with Kyler Murray. But it, it's one thing we were talking about, and again, we could we could do podcast after podcast on. As we were talking before, before we went on the air about. If if everyone's right now and they've decided on Anthony Richardson, th- that's what seems to be the consensus. He, he, he's looked at as a project. I know he bristled at that at the Combine. But he, he's got, what, 13 starts. If you're going to do that, you may be really looking to 2024 to where he might really make an impact. Well, if that's the case, then give serious consideration to Hinton Hooker because he will be ready to go at some point this year, but he'll really be ready to go in 2024. And then you can use the fourth pick on a left tackle, a pass rusher. Of course, then you've got to trade back into the bottom of the first round or the middle of the first round to, to get Hooker. But it's going to be fascinating because they have got to find a quarterback of the future. It's not Gardner Minshew. It's not. Come he on, mi- chap. No. He, he might be – here, I'm splashing water on everything – but he might be the, one of the better bridges, the more interesting bridges they've had. But they've got to get a guy that they can build around and and they can to inject some optimism in the fan base.
0: Whichever quarterback you take, you have to have a good offensive line in front of him. We're going to talk extensively about offensive line in this uh, in this episode. We'll get to that in a bit with uh, top prospects in the draft, maybe uh, day two, day three as well, um, just because of. Uh, what's happened the past couple of years with the offensive line last year in particular. But what uh, did want to touch on one report from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler uh, first, that there is a buzz league wide quote unquote uh, about the Colts selecting Will Levis
1: fourth overall. See it, it's that's the, that's the good and the bad part of this of the month. Yeah. Is everybody's got a buzz and uh, buzz, buzz. Biz, buzz, I've always said whenever someone says, well, I've heard from the Colts that they the Colts don't leak. They just don't. So you're trying to read into, well, they had an area scout with with Bryce Young and Stroud, and then they put Morocco Brown uh, to, was Richardson. it Richardson's? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Morocco, Morocco Brown is their he's, their he's their guy. He's their guy. He really is. Read into it if you want, but uh, the Colts don't leak what they're doing. They simply don't. Right. And
0: that's a note that, Joe, you had on this was that uh, that that is something that is different. Like, and, and you look for that this time of year. You look you do, for little differences and, and understandably so. And that is it is at least a notable difference that the Colts would send their uh, chief personnel executive, Morocco Brown, to Tr- uh, Trent Richardson for the love to Anthony Richardson's pro day. I think he's have, ava-
1: is he is any available.
0: Uh, I'll bet he is. You could. <laughs> he he, pretty he pretty might good. even be in the XFL or, or he the. He may be two fifty
1: right now. Unless yeah,
2: yeah. well, I saw he's playing in the, like the Mexican football league. <laughs> Can he play like offensive that. line?
0: Maybe um, he could right now.
2: But yeah, I mean, you guys know how much I love Anthony Richardson. I was gawking at his pro for, for months.
0: Joe has been ready for <laughs> to draft Anthony Richardson.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so and, and you know how not high I am on, uh, on uh, Will Levis, Will Levis. Exactly. so I, I'm Hate really him. trying to mentally prepare myself for it to be Will Levis. I actually had a dream the other night that both <laughs> Richardson and Levis were on the board and the Colts picked Levis, and I was <laughs> just just grinding <laughs> my teeth, but um yeah, I just, uh, this screams smokescreen to me with the Jeremy Fowler report about the buzz league-wide, um, because If the Colts do like Richardson, they would want people to think that they were going to take Levis so that someone doesn't jump them at three.
1: If the Colts really like Richardson, they move to three, period. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, I'm convinced Arizona will not pick third. So if 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 you say this is the guy that we think can do it, you give up a second, you give up a third, whatever it takes, and you move up a spot and you get your guy.
2: Well, and I saw a report today that um, I think it was Todd McShay says that the sense he gets uh, talking about the Raiders, who are one of the teams that are rumored to potentially move up to three and get a quarterback um, to learn for a little bit and eventually take over for Jimmy G, but he said that the sense he gets from talking with um, people in the organi- their organizations that if it's not Young or Stroud, they're not really interested in the other two quarterbacks, um, that that also kind of screams smokescreen to me like no one w- wants to be like yeah, we want to trade up to three right because then you're just driving up the asking price. So everyone wants to put it out there that we don't want to trade up we don't want to trade up and because the more teams that uh, the more known it is that there are multiple teams trying to trade up to three, the more that uh, uh, just increases the price of that third overall pick.
0: I, I think with the with the wide range of views, On both Richardson and Levis in particular, that we will see some time, and probably even till draft day, um, until something happens on the on that third overall pick. Because you you anticipate what's going to happen one two, but after that, there's going to be a lot of teams who 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 like one, don't like the other, who don't like one and like the other, and you got to make sure you know what's going to happen one two first. You got to really make that. That's settled.
2: Well, I don't think it will be traded until draft day because if you're the Cardinals, say, the the Texans or the Panthers do take Richardson, then all of a right. sudden Younger Stroud's available. That might make that the price, price go up. up. That might make the price go up. So well, if, I, I'm,
1: if I'm a team, I want the trade done before then. Right, of course. Yeah. So the price doesn't go up. Yep.
2: Exactly. So I think the Cardinals are going to wait till draft day and then just see what they can get.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, what we're talking to is, let's say the Colts don't like these two guys and they like Hooker. And so you're taking at three. You at four. You would get the best player in the draft. If right. you stand pick, you will get the best player in the draft. Will Addison or whoever trade. that might be. Yes. Right. Right. If quarterbacks go one, two, three. But if you're if your objective is to get Hooker, then you better be darn sure you can dra- You can trade up high enough in round one to get him. Right. Can you imagine sitting there at? And your plans are to get your left tackle or a pass rusher, and you're going to, oh, we'll get Hooker, and then you don't. And then you're sitting there with a good pass rusher and a really good left tackle and Gardner Minshew. All on board the Gardner Minshew train.
2: Yeah. And then just going in next year and try and figure it out again. Um, But I know it's a great quarterback draft next year, but – there's no guarantee at all that you're going to be in a position to take one of those.
1: That you'll be that bad. Mm-hmm.
2: Be that bad or be able to trade for them. You know, like the maybe the team that has the first two picks needs quarterbacks as well. And you know, that those picks aren't available. So um, quite a risk just to bank on next year. I think the Colts really need to get a quarterback in the first round this year, wherever it might be in the first round
0: couple personnel notes as we uh, kind of wrap up this news segment. The Colts have signed some depth on the offensive side of the ball. Tight end Faro Brown, 28-year-old, who's played for Cleveland, Houston, and Oakland slash Vegas during his career. 55 games, 36 starts. Um, he, he's another big tight end. He'll fit in that group perfectly of 6'6 six, six and above uh, gentlemen. But he can block. He can block. Well, if, if you don't have an offensive line, just get you a tight end that can block. So have him and Mo in there and have Max protect and – have seven guys, and uh, maybe you can block. Maybe you can block four opposing players with seven, because you couldn't block them with five last year.
2: I think it makes Mo a little more expendable. There's been rumors that the Colts could try and trade him or cut him for salary cap purposes. I kind of think that's less likely now that they decided to keep Kenny Moore. Right. Um, because they would save even more money by cutting Kenny Moore, but it, it, just adding depth to that tight end room that has a lot of youth um, is definitely a good move. And then. Adding to the running back room as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got you got Mo, you got Brown, you got um, Ogletree, Ogletree, and then Woods. Uh, those four are kind and of uh, and and Kylen Granson. I forgot, forgot about Kylen. that's, five. You, you're that's not gonna, five. You're not going to carry, f- carry five tight carry five. ends. No. That's the thing. So yeah, Farrell Brown is either to replace Mo or is just a body now, um, because I don't think he's going to beat any of those guys uh, out for. But, but for again, a spot. he
1: does things that the other ones don't do. You're
0: right. You're not wrong. You are right. So it's it, maybe it's Mo and him. And then two other guys it's either Grant I don't say mo
1: can't block but he's not consistent at it right you know that that's what we talked all last year about the loss <laughs> the loss of Jack Doyle yep you know it wasn't necessarily yeah it was just, you know the third and seventh in converted but boy it was a run blocking and it's funny I'd, I'd forgotten they've got five I guess veteran tight ends right you won't carry five tight ends.
2: Yeah. No, no, yeah,
0: you can't, can't really call Ogletree a veteran. I don't think. No, but but, but yeah, 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 I you're, know. You're, was, right, you're right. He was on the way last year to, to very easily earning a roster spot in training camp. So he's a guy that you expect coming back from injury this year to be back on that same track.
2: And we don't know how Steichen feels about these guys, right? It's a completely new set of eyes yep. evaluating these players, which is a good thing. Maybe, yep. yeah, maybe he doesn't want a six-one tight end in and Colin Grantson. Um, so we'll just have to see what his flavor is and, and the kind of things he's looking for with the roster spots.
0: Colts have also signed running back Darrington Evans, 24-year-old, a former third-round pick, uh, was taken by the Titans in the 2020 draft. Uh, some injuries kind of derailed his career. He played for Tennessee, he played for Chicago, uh, has not been all that impressive in, in any fashion. Has scored one touchdown and has, uh, like, 30 carries, five catches in a 12 total games, so... Uh, a, a guy to stash and stash and see, uh, really. Uh, not like I said, not not much a about body. Yeah. exactly.
2: He, he was brought into Tennessee to try and be like, I guess, a Nahim the pass catching third down back to spell uh, Derrick Henry, but it just never worked out because he kept getting hurt.
0: Yep. And and Henry's gotten better at catching the ball. So it hasn't been that big of a hole uh, in their offense. Probably just leave
2: him on the field as much as possible is the best idea.
0: uh, That has been the path to success for them, even though they were rumored to be wanting to trade him, and now nothing has materialized with that. So he's going to be probably approaching uh, off-season workouts in uh, April, like, oh, hey, guys, yeah, here I am. So we'll see what happens there. What does Hancock Health's membership at the Mayo Clinic Care Network mean for you? It means our independent health network now has access to the knowledge and resources of the world leader in medicine. It means your Hancock Health doctor can now consult with Mayo Clinic specialists to confirm a diagnosis or treatment plan. And it means that together we're making health possible for you. Learn more about our new clinical collaboration at hancockregional.org front Mayo Clinic. Need new windows? Contact your hometown team today. Hometown Window Indoors are Central Indiana's premier locally owned full service Anderson window dealer with master installers. From design to installation, the Hometown team handles it all. They carry unlimited options with competitive pricing. Call them direct to get 25% off your windows if you call within the next 60 days. Hometown Window Indoors gives you all the perks of a national brand with a hometown feel. Visit them at hometownwindowteam.com today. So that brings us to offensive linemen. And Mike, you had an article that's online right now, fox59.com, CBS4Indy.com, uh, all about uh, offensive line. As you go through different positions for the Colts as the uh, the draft approaches, where they need help, where they don't need help, and even though there has been a lot of investment in the offensive line over the past couple years by Chris Ballard by this front office, it is undeniable that this offensive line needs. Not just an ounce of help, but
1: quite a bit of help. As the, it's uh, incredible as the how project. it has regressed over the last, what, two and a half years? And what I think what's most distressing, it's not that Danny Pinner flamed out at right guard or Bernard Ryman wasn't really ready You know when he was put in there at Denver. It's that the other three guys you know, again, took a major step backward. And a couple of – I think Quentin and Braden got their act together as the season went on. Rand Kelly struggled. So when you've got so much money, they're three of your top five salary cap hits. Smith, Kelly, and, and Quentin are. And Quentin goes through the roof next year. It's like $25 million. So that's – they're banking on, obviously – that these guys will get their act together and like joe mentioned on a fresh set of eyes that w- with the new offensive line coach something will change something's got to change so it's it's that that's what that was the there were th- so many things that went wrong last year but if you had to say one thing it was the offensive line
0: i, I i've talked about this until until i'm blue in the face with um kind of taking just another example and comparing it to this with what the Colts did with quarterbacks leading into 2021 with Carson Wentz they drafted a guy not drafted a guy they traded for a guy who had an injury history and then didn't do anything to back him up and you saw it in the third week of the season when he got trotted out well, the
1: there the thing they did they 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 put left tackle with Eric Fisher yeah, with, who was injured
0: right with no ankles and and he they, they set the team up the, the front uh, that they the front office set the team up for failure. And they did it again last year on the offensive line. They set the team up for failure because they did not have a backup plan, Joe. They had Danny Pinter out there, and we thought that he had potential because of what he did at center last year. They put, uh, the year before, they put Matt Pryor out there at left tackle because they thought that he had potential out there. And we talked well about him on this podcast because we thought that he had potential out there. But with no viable backup plan... If that potential does not is not achieved, which it wasn't, disaster happens. It was obvious when it happened, what was going down. From the start, from, it was obvious. From the very jump, and so that, that's what happened. With the, We have to start with where we are with the offensive line before the, the Colts can fix it, right?
2: Yeah, and I just hate Ballard's reasoning for that, is we thought Quinton, Kelly, and Braden were going to be so good that those other two spots didn't matter as much, and that, that, I just don't understand that thinking whatsoever, especially at left tackle. I could see maybe, you know, if it's a couple guard spots, it's like, well, we're strong at tackle and center, and we think they'll help make up at guard. We can make do at guard, at right guard. But but saying you feel so good with your guards and centers that your left tackle is not going to matter as much just is baffling to me. Um, But, yeah, and as we sit here today, the team has still done nothing to improve the offensive line. The only change is They re-signed
1: Carter O'Donnell. Carter Woo.
2: O'Donnell. Yeah. I don't think he's ever played a snap. Nope. Pryor's um, now in San Francisco. So, you know, he, he, he gets a new start there in San Fran to be some depth for them. But that's the only change along the offensive line. I'm kind of shocked that they haven't brought in, you know, a swing tackle, someone to compete for right guard, um, anything.
1: Now, didn't they get – I think I think what th- they're the right guard probably isn't here yet. Didn't they get the other two guys late? Uh Chris Reed, I think he was He was a later edition, I he think. He was he was about April. What was not Glowinski the the waiver?
2: Yeah, I think they grabbed him off of waivers in like January or something like that. Yeah.
1: So but I think that you know, I think they believe they can get a I guess serviceable is the word. <laughs> which I know. That's should never be the standard. Mm-hmm. But I think the one thing I looked up is their their six backups have. Is it? I wish I had the numbers in front of me. You know, the only guy with any with any experience is Danny Penner. Mm-hmm. You know, and three of the guys have never played. Mm-hmm. So it's it's okay. Let, let's say they they stay at four and they've got that pick in the second round. I, I guess you take an offensive lineman. I would probably take a corner uh, in the top of the second round. I don't know. But to expect a second, third, or fourth round draft pick to step in and play meaningful right away, it, it, Ryman wasn't ready last exactly.
0: year. That's that exactly the point I was about to make, Chap. You read my mind. They took Bernard Ryman in the third round, and at the, at the jump, he wasn't good to go. He just wasn't. He and, got and everyone better. knew that. It, yeah. that, that. That's not a knock on him. No, not even close. And and, and he got better as the season went on. He was far more serviceable at the end of the year than he was when he took over in Denver or whenever it was, or his first yeah, start it was, was in Denver.
2: End of the year, he's playing starter
1: I think quality he, football. Right. I, I think that, I think he showed us enough that you're not, <laughs> boy, you're not so nervous. Right. Going into this season at left tackle, as we have been the last two years. So, okay. That's, but you've still got a right guard problem and you've got major depth problems.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you want to bring someone in to push them. You can't just – we saw this problem last year in training camp. We, there was no competition for Pryor. Um, there was not really any competition for Pinter. And, and, and then they just kind of fell on their faces when the season started. So um, I think they are being patient. I mean, w- w- more patient than us. I, I want to see them sign somebody so I can go, okay, they're doing things to address the offensive line. But um, there are still some swing tackles out there. I think Fleming – um, who, who played for the Broncos last year. We kind of went over him a couple podcasts ago, but he'd be a decent choice. And I do think you got to strongly consider offensive line with your second-round pick um, and, and corner as well. I think it just kind of depends on who falls to you. Maybe there's a corner you thought would be a first-round pick. You're surprised he's there, and you just can't pass him up.
1: If you think a guy is going to be a significant player this year, I, I would opt for the offensive lineman. Just to help and the two, quarterback, and, and, and then really hit corner in round three, All right. just, yeah. just just because the importance, I guess, with the, with the young quarterback, and just hope you
0: don't draft Dejon Smith in round three, right,
1: chap? The, the Quincy Wilson, the Quincy I mean, the, 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 Wilson, there, round there's, two. There, there's there's some guys that you think really
0: like, yikes, oh no, T.J. Green. Yeah, well, that that one just goes without saying, even though we will say it, yeah, uh, from time to time.
2: I believe that was. Well, those were the Grigson days. Those
0: Still. were all Grigson picks. Still. Yeah. yeah
1: Dejon Smith was uh, Chuck's guy, wasn't it?
0: Yes, he was. He was Chuck's guy. He's going to be the greatest corner of all time. Well, he, I don't know who he compared him to like he compared Willie Cooker to Ed Reed, but uh, yeah. who knows? Quincy was Ballard. Quincy Was Quincy Ballard? Yes, I he was. So. You're right. First You're draft. right. I was wrong. Yes, good point. Oh, boy. Anyway. Uh, let's get back to the offensive line. We're we're getting into the weeds (laughs) with other things that we do not need to get into right now. 60 sacks allowed last year was the second most in franchise history. They also allowed 68 quarterback hits, which Matt Ryan was a... um a scarecrow back in the pocket, and you use different words. Whether it's statue or whatever, I use scarecrow because he looked scared.
1: <laughs> and, and he had <laughs> the second longest run of the season by the team, I believe it was, was a thirty thirty three yep. thirty nine yards.
2: Mister Mobile, Matt Ryan, off he and running against the Raiders. Yeah, <clears throat> and then you know, for scarecrow, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles. Probably even worse right. mobility wise. Yeah, I mean, that's quite.
0: Well, Ellinger got
1: sacked nine times in New England.
0: <laughs> look, man, that I was there. That was there, there. were times last year where it was embarrassing. Like, if you were a Colts offensive lineman, you should have been embarrassed watching the tape, and that was one of them. Because Matthew Judon just made them look stupid, silly, ridiculous. Just a little stunt multiple times, same stunt multiple times. Can't block it. Boom, right up the middle, unblocked. Ellinger had no chance. No chance. I feel for Sam Ellinger here because he had two games. One of them, he nearly got a win against the, uh, the Commanders there at home uh, on, on limited <clears throat> limited prep time as the starter, and then he's just thrown to the Wolves out there in uh, in New England with a uh, team that under Belichick has always feasted on rookie, quote-unquote, rookie Rook- quarterback, r- which he's basically a rookie quarterback at that point. So anyway, uh, that's that's another thing. To, Hopefully to,
2: Tony Sperano Jr. is good at coaching up Look, how to man. block stunts because
0: <laughs> seriously, <laughs> the
2: most basic of concepts was just uh, – it's like they'd never seen him before last year.
0: What, what was also uh, a, a major issue last year was it, it wasn't just – The pass blocking, it was the run blocking as well, much different than 2021, where, again, I've said this stat before, and even in 2021, the pass blocking, according to Pro Football Focus, was ranked 30th in the NFL for the Colts offensive line. It's been bad for a couple years, but at least then you had one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the league, and you could somewhat make up for it in that side of the ball. Couldn't do it at all last year. Their rushing average fell from nearly 150 yards a game and five yards per carry to 110 yards per game. Forty yards and a 4. game, you 3. lose three yards per carry. That's crazy. Yes, it's ridiculous. With with many of the same guys that you were expecting to still and lead them.
1: Taylor was banged up. Yes, he, he was you have with, to, with the toe and the ankle, but still. Have to include that. But but still, it wasn't that they went from what a franchise record tying 5.1 yards a carry. Yep. To 4.3, 4.3, I think. Three. Yep. So, it, it, it and it just, it, it impacted everything they did. Mm-hmm. You wanted, you know, you wanted Matt Ryan, you, you, you thought Matt Ryan was a great fit because well, we're going to give him some pass protection, and boy, that run game. And neither one worked. Yeah, it was
0: boy, that run game. It was more, more like it, uh, the uh, emphasis.
1: They made Jonathan Taylor look, look like just a guy. Yep. He's, Very much He's not most just season.
0: a guy. Nope. When his long run of the season was what, like 28 yards? Something like that. I think he busted one against the He busted one against, the busted one against right. There you yeah. go.
1: But but still, I mean. you only bust
0: one. Right. That is not a recipe for success. So your projected starting five for the Colts offensive line will be, from left to right, Bernard Ryman, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly. Right now, Will Fries penciled in there at right guard. and then, Use a pencil. Yes, I will very much use a pencil. Make sure the eraser is good and ready to go. It's not like one of those racers that's ground down to the tip. It's like half silver already. No, no, no. This is fresh and pink. You tear and your
1: paper when you do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, gosh.
0: I need another one. I need another uh, like bubble test, standardized test. No, um, but uh, you look at the depth after that, and we, we've we've touched on this today already. That behind the starting five, you have Danny Pinter, Carter O'Donnell, Wesley French, Arlington Hambright. Ooh. Dakota Shepley. Who? And Jordan Murray. Exactly. Say it again. Who?
2: Murray's at least been around for a couple years on their practice squad, so I recognize that. So yes. he should be kind of good right now.
1: And so
0: know, Carter, so Carter, Carter, Carter,
1: Carter O'Donnell's been on the practice squad yep. for three years. Yep, you're right. Both of those guys. Jordan Murray, Carter O'Donnell. Carter O'Donnell. They, you know, it's, again, if they played this weekend, you think, holy crap, what are they going to do? They don't. There is time. And I, I don't think Ballard will ever – Ever change from offensive line defensive line being foundational pieces, yep, so let's if we're sitting here in the mandatory mini camp in June and this thing hasn't changed other than maybe a second or third round draft pick, then there there are issues we have to just let it
0: play out yeah you, you you need you need help right now, you need depth, whether it's veterans or rookies or both. both would be great both. I think. Um, right now, you don't have anyone who's who's played a single snap. I don't think in the you've NFL. Got six guys,
1: at, right now you've got six guys at tackle. Yeah, like yeah, you have. Like,
0: there's no one who's played a tackle snap there with depth uh, in the NFL. Uh, it's just guys who've been on the practice squad for from at least. I don't think there is. So, like that, like like you said, they're they're out playing a game tomorrow, uh, but but holy heck, they need to change some things before before they do play a game. Need new windows? Let the Hometown Team help. Hometown Windows and Doors is Central Indiana's premier, locally owned, full-service Anderson dealer with master installers. From design to installation, we handle it all, carrying nationally known brands like Anderson with more options and competitive pricing. Call us direct and get 25% off your windows if you buy within the next 60 days.
2: Please contact your Hometown Team today. We are Central Indiana's premier, locally owned, full-service Anderson dealer. National brand, Hometown feel. The story of Hancock Health is all about you and everything you need to live your healthiest life.
0: Like Hancock Regional, one of the nation's safest hospitals, and an independent health network with over 70 doctors at more than 30 locations around East Central Indiana. We're growing and evolving to help further your story. And we're just getting started. See all the ways Hancock Health and you can work together to make health possible at HancockHealth.org. So let's look at the draft, since that is the first uh, major milestone in front of us in terms of changing teams' rosters across the league. There are a couple of really good tackles, as there are every year um, coming out of college. Um, the, uh, the, most <clears throat> the most popular one that I've seen in mock drafts is the uh, young man out of Northwestern, Peter Skoranski.
1: Sounds like a lineman, doesn't he? Or he a does. fullback?
0: Very much so. And, and definitely a fullback from like the early 90s. Him and Moose Johnston would be uh, just plowing over people. Tom Rathman from the 80s, of course, too. Uh, but you got him. Uh, Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Those are kind of your top three uh, widely anticipated guys to go in the uh, top Top fifteen, top twenty, perhaps, yeah.
2: or or the first round in general, Joe. I'd There's, be shocked if any of those three fell out of the first round.
0: Right, and and that's that's what happens. We, we've talked about this before, uh, guys. When uh, when we we've suspected the Colts might be after a, a first round uh, offensive tackle, where they took Quiddy Pay instead of Christian Derisaw, much to uh, uh, leaving a uh, Colts uh, quarterbacks up at night. Uh, as much as I love Quiddy, uh, don't get me wrong. But um, but 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 anyway, we we've talked about this before. Is that when guys have the traits and the tape at left tackle, especially Chad, they, they do not fall very far. They they do not fall past the first round. Guys who are in the second round and beyond have a couple tweaks that they need. But the guys that the guys that have are are the elite of the elite at left tackle. There's always a market for them, and I think there's no better <laughs> there's no better uh, way to figure that
1: out than by watching a videotape of the Colts' offense for the past two years. Quarterback, edge rusher, left tackle. However you want to mix it up, those are the three positions. And the really good dominant elite left tackles are early picks. They, they just are. You may, you know, go go back to it, – it's funny how the further away you get, the more you appreciate Anthony Costanzo. Wasn't he like a – was he 20, 22, 25 – yeah, pick. he was in the twenties, and that's where like Tarek Glenn was. I think Tarek Glenn was nineteen, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Generally, these guys go top ten unless the quarterbacks push them back. So, if you if you can get the guy, if you don't need a quarterback, and you get a chance to get, you know, that guy at left tackle, you get him, and he's your guy for ten years, that, minimum, right? And, and that's that's an
0: interesting thing if the if the quarterback's not there. Joe, this has got to be one of the, the positions that the Colts would consider having a uh, Peter Skaronsky for Northwestern if the quarterback they like is not there, because like Chat, if like they Cap got said, a plan B, right? If there's a plan B, he could be the plan B there at number four.
2: Yeah, and it'd be I think just of how this draft is seen, maybe a slight reach, but at important as a position as important as left tackle, that's a position that you can reach for. Like all of these guys are considered very good prospects but not like that elite left tackle where you're just like, I don't know how he fails type of guy. Um, Scorancey's missing the length. Um, he's got, his arms are a little bit on the shorter side, so there is talk of him moving inside and in then it felt kind of like Zach Martin did from Notre Dame. Um, uh, my favorite's Paris Johnson because he just has all the traits. He's got the length. He's got the athleticism to move and mirror. He's huge, um, and, and, and he you know played at a high program in Ohio State. And then Project Jones is just a, a mauler, a bully out there at left tackle for Georgia. So um, I- any of these guys would probably be an upgrade over Ryman, and you could move him over to guard. Exactly. Because uh, Ryman doesn't have great length either. So uh, You'd feel
1: pretty good about the line if they did that, wouldn't you? I would. Get your left tackle at four and, and swing Ryman to, to right guard.
2: I would not be mad at all about Paris Johnson at four, Ryman at right guard, and then find a way to get back up and take Hendon Hooker. And then all of a sudden things, you know, starting to look up for the offense. But um, uh, those are the three guys who if the Colts take a quarterback or they don't go tackle in round one, they're probably not going to be sitting there when they come around in round two.
0: There are some guys who could be there around 35. Um, And there's a mix of guards and tackles here. A lot of them have are big guys. Obviously, they're all big guys for crying out loud. They play offensive line, but none of them are as big as my guy. DeWan Jones, the former Ben Davis giant. We have great video of him dunking there on the uh, on the west side in six, gyms all across six, eight central Indiana. Yes. Big dude 374", 36 and three-eighths inch arms. Joe is just salivating over those arms. Do you arms love showing. that arm
2: length. Yes, that's <laughs> I right. Love arm length. Uh-huh.
0: As do we all. But <laughs>
2: He uh, played right tackle at Ohio State. And what you can do with the position flexibility is you can move Brayden Smith into his original position guard hey. if you really want to and have the pair of the league's highest paid guards. <laughs> um, and
1: tallest. But
2: then probably some of the cheapest tackles with Ryman and Dewan Jones on rookie contracts. Um so so he'd probably be an option there with their second round pick. I doubt he gets out of the second round and he just engulfs defenders uh uh, he can be beat sometimes by some of the quicker moves that defense wins can lay on him because he's just so big. Like, he moves well for his size, but still below average foot quickness because he's just a behemoth. Um, but too big,
1: too big to play guard.
2: Probably too big
0: probably to play so. guard, yeah. yeah. There has to be a limit there somewhere. 6'8 is probably that limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 374,
1: not so much, 6'8. eight.
0: Yeah probably the limit. There's other guys here like Osiris Torrance out of Florida, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, Anson Harrison, Oklahoma, John Michael Schmitz from uh, Minnesota, all guys that could go late in the first round or early in the second round. It also brings up just just the idea, chap, of of where the Colts see Ryan Kelly in the future. And and Chris Ballard said at the the, uh, owners' meetings, he was asked directly about Chris uh, Chris about Ryan Kelly and about uh, Kenny Moore. And he said that they had some offers for those guys, but they're really good players. They didn't want to let them go. So clearly that is, that's just saying that Bauer didn't get a, uh, a meaningful enough offer for either of them. If 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 and you th- wonder what that means. Exactly.
1: Fifth round, sixth round. That's fourth that, round? That,
0: that's what I was going to propose. I was going to say like if, if they would have gotten a fourth round uh for for Ryan Kelly without well, it. wouldn't get a
1: 5 for Gilmore.
0: You got a 5 for Stefan Gilmore. And
1: that's a that's a little different, I think. I think he wanted
0: Yeah, he wanted to go. You think. And he was also promised uh something in here in Indianapolis that they did not deliver. You know, he was promised to kind of be a missing piece to uh, challenge for the division and that that was not not the case and we talked about that i think a little bit last week too um about Mm -hmm. promises that were not delivered to certain free agents and why that's reason for them to the colts to let him go for only a only quote-unquote a fifth round pick but um but do do they take a center do they take a john michael schmitz out of out of minnesota or one a little bit later um, for If we go uh, deep down into our day two prospects, guys like uh, Joe Tittman out of Wisconsin, Luke Whipler out of Ohio State, all these big 10 uh, centers here. Uh, that's where apparently where you go to to be to be a center in the NFL is is the Big Ten. But Syracuse. That's right. We have a Syracuse guy, Matthew Bergeron. You put on you put that on there
2: just for him, didn't you? Yeah, well, well, you got to keep Dave excited true. about it somehow.
0: This is a, a good player. He was a left tackle by his senior year. He's big. He's six five, three hundred eighteen pounds. A great run blocker. Really does need a little bit of help in the passing game, though. So if you want to keep mauling people with the run, great. But I think in the NFL today, you're going to need some some yeah. better pass blockers too.
2: In a lot of these tackles, and this is what tends to happen once you get into the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds with these tackles, is there starts to be talk of them moving to guard right. in the NFL, which works for the Colts because they need a guard. Um, and so you get somebody who could start at guard and then also offer position flexibility should Braden Smith go down, um, and then you can bump them back out to right tackle uh, if you feel better about that than your other you know backup options at right tackle. Um, with center, I mean, they could draft a center, and we've seen the Eagles do this for some years as they await uh, uh, Kelsey's retired. Jason Kelsey still playing, still playing. But a couple of years ago, they drafted uh, Landon Dickerson out of Alabama, who played center, and they're just starting him at guard. Um, I think last year they started to center Jergens. Yep, or Cam they drafted Kergens. a center Jergens, and I'm a, I don't think he started last year, but he's waiting in the wings. So. The Colts could always draft a center, have him play right guard for a year or two um, until Kelly finishes up his contract and then move him over to center when Kelly moves on. So um, I think that's a very possible move. And, you know, just looking at all these names here, uh, if Darnell Wright from Tennessee, who's a powerful right tackle, gets to them, they can move him inside to guard and he could excel there as well and still keep that position flexibility. So that they have a lot of options in terms of what they want to do, and in, in a very good and deep offensive line draft.
1: Yeah,
0: offensive line is an interesting position here, Chad. I, I I think back to what the Colts did with Braden Smith. They drafted him out of out of Auburn at the, at the time. There was they were thinking he was a guard, or Chris Ballard was thinking that he was a guard. Then he got out there on the practice field. He got uh, with Coach Gouche, uh Dave DeGugliamo, and he was like, "No, man, this guy's a tackle. Let, let, let's leave him out there at right tackle." Yeah, of and, course. Again, I, I,
1: I keep going back to the fact that. They had no one else. Exactly. I, I mean, it, it, it back was back one of those. Point. Well, who else? Yeah, I guess Braden could slide out there. Uh-huh. But it turned out to be, you know, a blessing because that, he he started there and he's never stepped away. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's kind of almost the opposite of what Joe says. You normally draft what tackles that go to guards. But right. This 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 guy's kind of gone the other way. Or so it's worked out very well. I'm curious how they prioritize their offensive line needs in the draft, do do they see tackle? Let's say four is not going to be – four is going to be a quarterback. So do you look at that second and third pick being corner tackle, corner – you don't take a guard that high, do you, or even a center that high?
2: I – for how bad the offensive line was last year, I wouldn't mind it. Okay. Uh, You know – Maybe it's Steve Avila out of TCU, great athlete, good in pass pro, three-year starter, team captain. Um, I've heard nothing about but good things about him. Uh, Dave, you mentioned Osiris Torrance. He's a guy who very well could go in the first round, but if he slides to the second, he's just a mauler. Um, Good balance, zero penalties last year. I like that. Um, Technician, very high pro football focus grade last year. So move him over to guard and because – I think we've mentioned it a few times, but Ryman was the first time the Colts used a draft pick in the first three rounds on an offensive lineman since 2018. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about them investing a lot in the offensive line. They have financially, but they've not been... On
1: on second contracts. On second
2: contracts, yeah. They've been giving out big contracts, but they've not invested high draft capital in offensive line very much as of recent. So I I, I wouldn't mind using that second-round pick to try and make sure your quarterback of the future uh, has a little extra time to find the open guy out there.
1: That, that's what I was thinking is if you've got a corner and a tackle guard center type guy rated similarly at the top of the second round, you go offensive line. Tiebreaker you, you, you've is. Got, the tiebreaker is, is your rookie quarterback. Yeah. yeah. You, you've got to, you know, if you're going to invest you, your career in the franchise's immediate six to eight-year future, in a in a quarterback, then dog on it. Do whatever it takes to give him a chance, and that starts with the offensive line.
0: No, you don't just say, "Oh, we're going to draft uh, Anthony Richardson. He's a mobile guy, so ah, hey, let, let him run, let him use those legs." He no, can, he can avoid the pressure. Yeah, no, that, that's that, no one says that. So yeah, you, you want to protect him, you want to make him, let him develop, you want to
1: let him run when he wants to run, exactly. not when he has when to he run, when he needs to run. Yeah,
0: not 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 all the daggum time. So
1: it's it's really it's really going to be curious when you get. With how they do this, how they look at their roster, where the needs are, if you take the fourth pick and the quarterback out is, do they see the biggest need at offensive line, which maybe you do. Corner is, is right now a mess because your starters are what? Isaiah Rogers and –
0: Dallas Flowers.
1: Yeah. Kenny Moore.
2: And Kenny Moore. We talked corner last a bit week. Last Starting week, outside yeah. cornerbacks are currently an undrafted guy in a seventh round seventh round pick. Was Rodgers.
0: He was. He was either sixth or seventh, and I think yeah. he was seventh. I yeah. can't remember for sure.
2: So that, that's just not a good formula for success. Banking on you know finding two diamonds in the rough there, um, but for a team that's picking fourth for a reason and probably isn't going to be competing for a playoff spot next year. I would sacrifice the bad defense to make sure that exactly. my quarterback has some protection.
1: I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, and maybe a guy who could help protect him is Cody Moch out of North Dakota State. If you've Cody ever Motch. seen this guy, uh, he looks like a hockey player. He's missing his two front teeth. He's got long red hair that just hangs out of his helmet. 6'5", um, 302, and that's up 80 pounds from when he – joined school there in North Dakota as a tight end. 221 pounds, made the move to offensive line, kind of similar to Ryman, um, really just gained a lot of weight and moved to the position. Nasty demeanor, good run blocker, three-year starter, pass pro needs a little work, very athletic guy, but probably a move inside to guard is where he's going to end up in the NFL. So uh, maybe the Colts look at him in the second or third round, and he becomes their right guard of the future. There you go.
0: And, and here's something that I, I, I want to bring something up that you were kind of touching on for a bit, Joe. Is that uh, you, the guys that that have that flexibility right now, guard or tackle, whatever. You bring them in, and like they can have that flexibility in the NFL. And I agree with you. I think that they can. At the same time, I don't want to put too much on their plate early. You know what I'm saying here? Like I would rather have a swing guy be a veteran who's been in the league a couple years. And that's why, and and that's why, kind of to to piggyback on another point that we've made, like the the Colts have not invested really high picks in the first round ra- in, in, in the offensive line in recent years. They've invested money on second contracts, but not picks. That's why you don't have anybody there right now. Like you don't have that guy who's on his third year of a four year deal, who was a third round offensive line pick a couple years ago, who can who's played a little bit here and there, and is kind of just waiting in the wings. Like that's really what. In a way, that's what Danny Pinter was entering last year. Like, he'd played some center. He'd played, on think, on the inside a little bit, mainly at center. And you're like, okay, let's see what he can do. And it turns out he didn't do so well at, at, at right guard, unfortunately, for Danny. But that, like, that's what this team is lacking right now is a guy who's a couple years in, uh, on the outside, specifically, is what I'm talking about here. Like, I'd tackle who, who's played a little bit in, in relief, who's come in and had some snaps, who has some tape, who has some film, maybe has a start or two if somebody was injured, and you're like, okay, I kind of feel all right if if he has to. Like I don't feel great, but I feel all right if he's playing. Like that guy they don't have right now. So like I think I think you need to draft somebody who's gonna be like that in three years or so. A guy who's big enough to be on the outside that can come in and fill in in for either uh Quentin, not Quentin, sorry, can fill in for your left tackle in Ryman or your right tackle in, in Braden. And like you're not going to feel great about it originally, but uh, in three or four in three years down the road, you'll feel a lot better at it because that's that's what the Colts offensive line does not have right now is a swing tackle, a backup guy who can go from side to side. Hopefully you can find someone in free agency. You can be that right now. But in three years, like you have a guy that's that's at least that if not a starter at guard or something
1: like that down the road. So,
2: Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't mind. The state of the offensive line investing a third or fourth round pick to do that, even if it is just a swing tackle. Aren't they
1: going to draft two linemen? Don't you think they have to draft two linemen? Yeah. And and I'm not talking seventh round.
2: Yeah, like they've been doing, where they just throw a seventh round pick at a lineman at the end of the draft and then they get cut by August. We'll see
0: if Jackson Barton works. Yeah. We'll we'll see if Javon Patterson works.
1: This roster in the line cries out for two early or mid level, mid round. Uh, Offensive lineman just does.
2: Yeah, and a couple that kind of catch your eye are Blake Freeland from BYU and Jalen Duncan from Maryland, both uh, great athletes, um, which is why their names come up in the draft, but need a little bit of refinement, um, especially in pass protection. To really reach their potential, which is why they might be available in the third or fourth round. Um, Freeland, six foot eight, three hundred pounds. Uh, he's a guy where leverage is always probably going to be an issue with him, with the defensive ends bending under him to get to the quarterback. Uh, Duncan's a great athlete as well, a little bit inconsistent. Four-year starter, both of these guys four-year starters, so they do have experience. Might be able to give you some swing tackle ability right away and develop. Into a more consistent player who can start for you down the line, um, so those are some guys maybe third or fourth round that the Colts take a swing on. There's
0: there's only so much we can say when you get to to, to mid round prospects at offensive line in the NFL draft. Yeah, I'm not going but deeper than exactly. that. exactly. I was gonna say I was gonna say like there's there's only so much we could say, but at the same time there's uh, there's there's no. Um, you cannot overstate the importance of it. You cannot overstate the importance of getting the offensive line right. Because as we saw, the last two years past blocking, especially the last year with everything going wrong, if the offensive line is in shambles, then nothing else works. Nothing works. Nothing works. It doesn't he, matter if you have Jonathan Taylor healthy
1: back there. It's not going to work. Maybe Matt Ryan works last year if, if he's given time.
2: I think he's at least maybe average level quarterback play. You know, maybe
0: average would have been contending for the AFC South last year. I mean, yeah. Jacksonville made the playoffs and won a game there, but you don't—you forget they had to win a bunch in a row down the stretch to do it. So the Colts could have been in contention very easily with even average quarterback play last year, yeah. which the offensive line did not let
2: happen. Absolutely not.
1: You—you you, you mentioned a thing that that I—I I I kind of mentioned many times is the one thing that doomed this team last year is they kept putting people in positions to fail. And that's that's what you don't do. You know, you play to a a player and a position's strength, and they didn't do that. They put everybody in position to fail, too many people in position to fail, and they failed. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think a big part of this is, you know, they could draft a stud guard prospect like Osiris Torres in the second round, uh, but that's not going to have the impact that it needs to if Quinton Kelly and braden don't you know get their act together. If they
1: don't if they don't play at their level it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter
2: and it sinks a team because you've put so much invested so much in them financially, especially Braden and Quinton because you can't get out of their contracts kelly they could get out this year with minimal damage if they want to and, and then,
1: they they still gain. Seven or eight million yep. cap space. If you yeah. wanted to do that, and, right.
2: and next year the numbers get even better for the Colts if they want right. to cut them. Then, um, so uh, I think maybe drafting a center prospect makes a lot of sense. Get someone cheaper and hopefully better because Kelly really mm-hmm. hasn't played at that pro bowl level mm-hmm. for a few years now. Um, but if you are paying Quentin Nelson, would you say it was twenty five million in twenty twenty four, and and he's just average out there guard that that just hurts your team there's no way it doesn't
1: well one thing that you mentioned and it's and it's really true i think with kelly is the way they've not they don't have the developmental players and somebody that when when this guy is gone this guy steps in right if they had that center interior guy who they really believed in maybe they let ryan kelly go and they take whatever they were offered uh but but they to to, to have to have traded or cut him you know t- all that we've said about the offensive line take him out of this good discussion and you- all you've done is create another problem that you have to deal with so they have to they really have to be banking on the new o line coach and assistant their impact plus these players getting their act together a lot of this will be on them you know you, you can coach all you want but these guys have got to play better they i'm sure they all know it but had they had a, a a plan b in place at center there's probably a decent chance that Ryan Kelly would be gone
2: and i, I think maybe if they didn't see pinter disappoint like he did last year maybe, maybe cuz that was their plan b though. i think so and i think a lot of people he played felt very that, well
1: was he like he was 3 and 0 as a starter Two years ago, when Ryan Kelly was out with COVID, and personal played
2: well. Yep. Um, And I don't know if it's just a center thing. I don't know if it was a coaching thing because the whole offensive line played poorly last year. Um, And so maybe getting some fresh voices uh, will energize the group and kind of bring things back together. Because what was it, Strasser?
1: Chris Strasser. Strasser. Um, Where's he at? Houston now? I think so. Yeah.
2: So hopefully, hopefully they kept kept losing coaches,
1: and he kept being there. Yep,
0: I mean, and like Brady was gone, Reich was gone, and there's Strasser keeping on walking into the building,
1: collecting a paycheck. It every was day. Tr- it was strange. It, it, the, the had in- some dirt on balance. The, in- <laughs> the entire room was broken, and they have to, again they have to believe that a new set of eyes and maybe more motivation internally. Gets his, these guys to play better. They have to play better.
0: You, you say broken, and I think the one image that, uh, that shows the, the, the utter brokenness uh, of last year's offensive line was against the Giants in New York. Nick Foles. When Nick Foles is writhing in pain on the ground, and Kayvon Timido is doing snow angels right next to him. And
1: what did the line do?
0: Absolutely jack Nothing. squat. Nothing. Jack squat. Your offensive line, just watching that Somebody
1: happen. should have got their ass thrown out of the game. Yeah, Should have gotten fined. Yep. Would you have to? Jim Ursay would have paid that fine. <laughs> you, 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 you're right. That, that was that was the snapshot of this line is your, your quarterback. I don't. Let, let's say they hated Nick Foles. They just hated him and, for and, some and, reason, and and they didn't. Right. But you you just come to the aid of your teammate, and they didn't. Well, it, it,
2: does not that seem completely opposite of what we thought Quentin Nelson was? Yes, the enforcer, the ass kicker out there, and yes. then he's just staring at it. Yes, uh, it, I think it just goes to show how completely soulless this team was towards the end anybody.
1: Anybody, I don't offense a tight end, a running back, a wide receiver. Somebody should have done did something, and they did nothing. I'd that, like
0: to think that Michael Pittman Jr. would have done something if he was close, but he was down the field, you know, running a route or something. It probably would have. He might yeah. have. He might have body slammed someone or tried to. But uh, but he might have been the only one. That's you're, the you're right
1: that that, that if, if that didn't tell you where this team was and the offensive line was, nothing will.
0: And next year needs to change. It it, it needs to be. I'm uh, not saying needs an nasty. attitude adjustment. I'm not saying that.
1: But dog on it, have your teammates back. Have your quarterbacks back when he's writhing in pain and the guy that put him there is doing snowing. Just. Yeah, man, and I think
0: I think Joe, you were right that they were just they were just beat mentally at that point of the season. Agreed. They're, they're like, they didn't yeah. want to be there. Exactly. And that was that was part of it. And so like so I understand it as a human being. I understand what they were thinking in that moment or what they were not thinking at I mean, that I moment. I
2: didn't want to watch the games. I can't. We have to do them. this stupid podcast every week. Jeez. <laughs> Colts lost again. Yep. Seventh in a row. Mike. We do
0: appreciate you sticking with us yeah, throughout last season and then throughout this the off-season. season is over. Well, yeah, now, now there's actually interesting things to talk about. Like who the Colts are going to take in the third and fourth Nick round. Nick Foles of is still on the game. roster. He is on the roster. How about that? Nick Foles. And quarterback battle, Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew for that starting spot next year. Sam Ellinger. Yeah, I, and, oh, yeah. Can't forget him.
2: I get It's a long offseason, but I'm still just kind of scratching my head about what the plan is. What are we doing? What, what are the justifications for some of these moves?
0: What's going um, on?
2: I, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll see. I in mean, time, Chris Ballard's gonna Chris Ballard.
0: In time, we will find out. And you can follow us on Twitter at Cult Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week. Follow moves as they happen. And uh, we've been uh, retweeting some some nice uh, game tape video of some uh, some wide receivers some over the past day that I've seen uh, out there. Some, uh, some you get your quarterback this year
1: and you get Marvin Junior next year. Hey,
0: dude, dude, Marvin Junior, bring him. Let's go.
1: Let's go. Would he be the top receiver in the draft? He would, wouldn't yeah.
2: he? He would this year. So he's yeah. top ten. Yeah, I think so. I think so
1: yeah. He's bigger than his Let's dad. Go. His dad wasn't very big. No, I mean Doesn't he- matter how big he
0: was. You know why? He went to Syracuse University. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we appreciate you listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast, making us a part of your day. Be sure to download, subscribe, get us delivered to your inbox as soon as it drops. We will see you next week as the draft inches ever closer. Thanks for listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast.